Welcome to Episode 3 of Lent, the Season of Penitence. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In previous episodes, I discussed in Episode 1, the origin and meaning of the season and the two 1928 Book of Common Prayer services for Ash Wednesday, including appropriate music, and in Episode 2, Other Traditions of Lent, plus the Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings and appropriate music for the first four Sundays in Lent. Now in Episode 3, the final episode in the series, the focus is on the fifth Sunday in Lent, commonly known as Passion Sunday, the sixth Sunday in Lent, commonly called Palm Sunday, and the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Holy Communion services during Holy Week through Easter Eve, the final day of Lent. The Collect for the Fifth Sunday in Lent is another composition by Archbishop Thomas Cranmer, adapted from the Gregorian Sacramentary for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, the first prayer book of the Church of England. Passion Sunday marks the start of the celebration of Passion Tide, the beginning of the transition from penitential Lent to the celebration of the resurrection on Easter Sunday. The Roman Catholic Church officially ceased designating Fifth Sunday in Lent as Passion Sunday in 1959 A.D. In England, many churches switched from penitential purple to red during Passion Tide. Most American Anglicans continue to use the purple for vestments, pyramids, and the draping of crosses. We beseech thee, Almighty God, mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is an oil on canvas of Archbishop Cranmer, painted from life by court painter Gerlach Flick in 1545 A.D. in the collection of the National Portrait Gallery in London. The epistle reading for Fifth Sunday in Lent is Hebrews 9, verses 11 to 15. Hebrews is traditionally credited to the Apostle Paul. The author describes Jesus Christ as, quote, high priest, unquote, an allusion to the mysterious Melchizedek in the Old Testament. And is also, he is also called mediator of the new covenant in verses 11 and 15. The 1928 Book of Common Prayer calls Jesus, quote, our only mediator and advocate, unquote, at the end of the prayer for the state of Christ's church in Holy Communion. He is further called the core, quote, more perfect tabernacle not made with hands in verse 11, a concept illustrated in the Eastern Orthodox icon, not made with hands, which originated in the Syrian church around the 4th or 5th century A.D. The also author also declares that the blood of Christ purges dead works. The Gospel reading for Fifth Sunday in Lent, or Passion Sunday, 
is John 8, verses 46 to 59, which is the continuation of a lengthy dialogue in John 8 between Jesus and a group of Jewish leaders over the meaning of Father and Jesus' true identity. The Jews called Abraham their father and accused Jesus of being demonic. He replied in verse 49, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. He speaks an offer of eternal life in verse 51. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. The heat of the exchange increases dramatically at the end when Jesus boldly proclaims, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad, in verse 56, to which they pointed out that he was not yet 50 and claimed to have met Abraham. His reply is one of the most quoted of the I Am sayings saying in verse 58, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I discussed the Greek words for I am, ego I me, in in episodes 29 to 35 in the AIC Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels. This reading from John 8 is discussed in detail in episodes 32 and 33. All episodes are linked from the digital library page. The illustration is an 18th century Russian Orthodox icon of St. John in the iconostasis at the Church of the Transfiguration, Kiji Monastery, Karelia, Russia. Suggested music in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal for Passion Sunday includes as an opening hymn, the 6th century Latin hymn, The Royal Banners Forward Go, written by Venatius Honorius Fortunatus, using John Mason Neal's 1851 A.D. translation arranged to the easily sung 16th century English tune, Talus Canon. As a sequence or sermon hymn, Hosanna, Loud Hosanna, by English writer Jeanette Threlfall, was set to the tune Elecombe. And as a closing hymn, another composition by Venatius Fortunatus, Sing My Tongue the Glorious Battle, reset to the 18th century English tune St. Thomas, familiar to Anglicans from its use with both the Advent hymn, Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending, and the Communion hymn, Now My Tongue the Mystery Telling. The modern observance of Sixth Sunday in Lent, labeled in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer as Sunday Next Before Easter, but more commonly known as Palm Sunday, dates to the early and middle 4th century, by which time the center of gravity of Christianity had shifted sharply westward to the region of present-day Croatia and Serbia. The most critical events were the conversion of the Roman Emperor Constantine to Christianity, 
the enthusiasm of his mother, St. Helen, for the rediscovery of Christianity's roots in the Holy Land and the relocation of the empire from Rome to a new seat at Constantinople. St. Helen sponsored archaeological projects in or near Jerusalem and Bethlehem, including the sites of the Nativity, Crucifixion, and Burial, and the remains of the Holy Cross. Under her sponsorship, churches were built at the Nativity site in Bethlehem, the Church of the Nativity, and the Crucifixion and Burial, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, in Jerusalem. She and others sought out old liturgies of the early church. New liturgies were written for use in the Byzantine church. The start of pilgrimages to the Holy Land on a grand scale was owed largely to her efforts. The illustration is a 19th century stained glass window honoring St. Helen or Helena in the Greek tradition from produced in the workroom of the noted stained glass studio of John Richard Clayton and Alfred Bell at All Saints Anglican Church, Rome, Italy, near the famed Spanish Steps. The large red cross honors her sponsorship of the discovery of the remains of the Holy Cross. The scriptural warrant for the name Palm Sunday is St. John's account of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, saying in in John 12, verses 12 and 13a, a great multitude that had come to the feast when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. The Gospels of Matthew and Luke refer to tree branches. And St. Luke's account makes no mention of foliage, referring only to garments strewn in Jesus' path. The illustration is James Tissot's version of the entry into Jerusalem, rendered in opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper between 1884 and, and 1894 as part of his, uh, James Tissot's Life of Christ series at the Brooklyn Museum. The ceremonial use of palms goes as far back as 1400 B.C. and is found in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 39 to 40 in the context of a victory celebration. More recently, around 100 B.C., they are similarly associated with triumph in 1 Maccabees 13.51. Near the end of the first century, St. John described a white-robed multitude from, quote, all nations, tribes, people, and tongues standing before the Lamb with palm branches in Revelation 7, verse 9. In other Christian traditions, especially in colder climates where palms do not grow, other plants are used, including pussy willow branches or branches of olive or yew trees. In some countries, lilac flowers are spread instead. In many countries, the day is named after the local flower or tree used in the processions, for example, the yew flower or branch Sunday. The illustration is a medieval Romanesque-style apse fresco at an unidentified Lutheran church in the 
Jutland region of Denmark. In Anglican worship, another tradition may be honored, the blessing of the palms used in the processional on Palm Sunday. In my former parish, I placed fan palms on the ends of the pews with a few strewn in the center aisle of the nave, Palm Sunday being the first time processionals are permitted in Lent. Parishioners carried one of these palms down the aisle behind the clergy in, clergy in the procession to the altar. The palms were kept by the parishioners until after the homily when they were given the opportunity to have their palm blessed using this traditional English blessing of the palms. Bless, O Lord, we beseech thee these branches of the palm tree and grant that what thy people show forth corporally for thy honor they may perform spiritually with great devotion and by ardently loving good works may at last gain victory over their enemy. Through thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit liveth and reigneth God, world without end. Amen. Afterward, the people would take their palms away to, for use at home, many making personal crosses from them. Traditionally, leftover palms are burned to make ashes for the following year's observance of Ash Wednesday. The illustration is a detail from a Byzantine-style mosaic at the Basilica of the Palace of the Normans, Palermo, Sicily, built by the Norman kings of Sicily in the 12th century. In Christian theology, based upon the Gospel accounts, Jesus' use of a donkey is interpreted as the fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah, as quoted in John 12, verse 15, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. All the accounts of the entry also quote from Psalm 118, verse 26. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The illustration is a 15th century Russian Orthodox icon of the entry into Jerusalem from Tver, Russia. The collect for Palm Sunday was created by Archbishop Cranmer based upon a collect from the Gregorian Sacramentary to which he added his own closing line. The lowly, in the quotation from Zechariah in the previous slide, is reflected in the phrase, His Great Humility. Almighty and everlasting God, who of thy tender love toward mankind has set thy Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility, mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
The illustration is the cover of the 1662 Book of Common Prayer from the collection of the National Gallery in London, England. The epistle reading for Palm Sunday is Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11, in which St. Paul touches upon themes that were widely known in the early church before the Nicene and Apostles' creeds and also and called by the name kerygma. It is a Greek word meaning to proclaim, or more, more broadly, the proclamation of the truths of the gospel that Jesus is Lord of all, the divine Son, equal with God the Father, who came in the form of a man and who willingly died upon the cross for the salvation of mankind, fulfilling the salvational plan of the Father. To this, St. Paul adds a resounding sentence, which is the inspiration for bowing when crossing in front of or approaching the altar, and for many Christians, the making of the sign of the cross whenever the name of Jesus is spoken. In verse 11, he wrote, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. The illustration is an early 20th century mosaic of St. Paul at the Romanian Orthodox Patriarchal Cathedral, Bucharest, Romania, which was built in the 17th century. The mosaic was added during a 1923 A.D. restoration and repair project. The Gospel reading for Palm Sunday is not the Gospel account of the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, which is actually read on the first Sunday in Advent. In its place is Matthew 27, 1-54, St. Matthew's account of Jesus' trial sentencing, crucifixion, and death upon the cross. Important references in the reading include the inscription over his head in verse 35, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Rediscovery of a portion of the plaque is credited to St. Helen, mother of Constantine in the early 4th century, mentioned in an earlier slide in this episode. Jesus' cry from the cross, spoken in Aramaic, which in the King James Version and prayer book text is rendered as, in verse 46, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And following the tearing of the veil in the temple, the earthquake, darkness, and appearance of the dead, the centurion's cry in verse 54 Truly, this was the Son of God. The illustration is a Polish icon of the crucifixion, painted in the second half of the 16th century and now in the collection of the Historical Museum at Sanok, Poland. Suggested music for Palm Sunday in the St. Chrysostom hymnal include St. Theodophilus' early 9th century hymn, all glory, laud, and honor, using John Mason Neal's mid-19th century translation and arranged to the early 17th century tune, St. Theodolphus. The hymn is typically used as an opening hymn on Palm Sunday. Other hymns for the day are Ride On, Ride On in Majesty, written by Henry Hart Millman 
1827 A.D. and arranged to Winchester New, and another composition by Venatius Honorius Fortunatus, See the Destined Day Arise, using Richard Mance 1930, excuse me, 1837 translation and arranged to the easily sung tune Monkland. The week which begins with Palm Sunday is also known as Holy Week. The 1928 Book of Common Prayer provides Holy Communion texts, including a collect epistle and gospel reading for each day through Easter Eve. Of these, in modern times, only Monday Thursday or Holy Thursday and Good Friday are generally celebrated in any but the largest parishes. Holy Week is celebrated in Anglican worship with more solemnity and less celebration than in some other Christian traditions, which include grand parades and bright colors. The illustration is a detail from a 16th century Russian Orthodox icon of Jesus washing the disciples' feet on Maundy Thursday, described only in John 13, 1-15. The services for Holy Week are no longer in widespread use except in cathedral churches and very large parishes. For Monday before Easter, or Holy Monday, the collect was written by the Reverend Dr. William Reed Huntington, rector at Grace Church, New York City, and a member on the, of the Prayer Book Revisions Committee, which produced the 1892 Book of Common Prayer. He was the author of a formative essay published in 1870, which led to the famous Chicago Lambeth Quadrilateral, a four-point statement of Anglican doctrine, which until recent times was widely accepted by Anglicans worldwide. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified, Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace, through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is from a tribute book published after Huntington's death in 1909. The For the Epistle reading, another example of the prayer book's reliance during major feasts, upon Old Testament connections as understood in traditional Christianity is from Isaiah 63, verses 1 to 19. It is a lament of the people on account of the troubled relationship between God and his chosen people. The verses, which suggest Christ's passion, refer to a grieved Holy Spirit. The illustration is a detail from an 11th century mosaic of Isaiah at Neomoni Monastery, Chios, Greece. The Gospel reading is Mark 14, 1-72, St. Mark's account of Jesus' final days, including his visit to Bethany, the Last Supper, and the institution of the Sacrament of Holy Communion, the prophecies of Judas's betrayal and of St. Peter's three denials, his hours in the Garden of Gethsemane, his arrest on Maundy Thursday.
The account ends with St. Peter's denial of Jesus. The illustration is Mark writing his gospel in illumination and colors and gold on parchment from a gospel book made at Amida, Armenia in the early 17th century from the collection of the Walters Art Museum in Baltimore, Maryland. The identity of the author of the Collect for Tuesday Before Easter, also called Holy Tuesday, is unknown, but it was likely by the editors of the American 1892 Book of Common Prayer. It first appeared in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer and is based upon Isaiah 8. O Lord God, whose blessed Son our Savior gave his back to the smiters, and hid not his face from shame. Grant us grace to take joyfully the sufferings of the present time in full assurance of the glory that shall be revealed through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The For the Epistle reading is again from Isaiah, this time from chapter 50, verses 5 to 11, an Old Testament prophecy spoken by God of Jesus' suffering and humiliation, including being spat upon. In the Gospel reading, Mark 15, 1-39, St. Mark continues his account of Jesus' last days begun in the reading for Monday before Easter and covering the same events described in the Gospel of St. Matthew as are read on Palm Sunday. The Collect for Wednesday Before Easter, commonly called Holy Wednesday, is an adaptation of the Collect for Vespers from the Serum Breviary, which had also been used in the Gelasian Sacramentary for Sexagesima Sunday. It first appeared in the American 1928 Book of Common Prayer. Assist us mercifully with thy help, O Lord God of our salvation that we may enter with joy upon the mediation of those mighty acts whereby thou hast given unto us life and immortality through Jesus Christ our Lord. The illustration is a circa 1400 detail depicting the clergy celebrating the Mass using the Sarum Rite, which was developed at Salisbury Cathedral, Salisbury, England. The epistle reading is Hebrews 9, verses 16 to 28, a comparison of the blood sacrifices for the remission of sin in the Old Testament to Jesus' sacrifice of himself, quote, to bear the sins of many, and a prophecy of his coming again. Hebrews is traditionally credited to the Apostle Paul, shown in the illustration writing to the Hebrews, from the Bible Historiel, made at Paris, France, in the second quarter of the 14th century, and attributed to the, to the Master of the Lives of St. Louis from the collection of the British Library, London, England. The Gospel reading is the entire text of Luke chapter 22. St. Luke's account of the same events described by St. Matthew and St. Mark in previous Gospel readings during Holy Week. The illustration is Luke writing his Gospel 
and illumination in tempera and gold on parchment from the pericope book of Henry II, produced at Reichenau, Germany, between 1007 and 1012, for the last of the Ottonian Holy Roman Emperors, from the collection at the Bayerische Staatsbibliothek, Munich, Germany. The image appears on the cover of the AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated. The collect for Thursday before Easter, commonly called Maundy Thursday and also called Holy Thursday, is another composition by the Reverend Dr. William Reed Huntington. Not surprisingly, given the solemnity of the occasion, it is the longest of the collects in Holy Week. Dr. Huntington uses a phrase derived from early Christian tradition to describe the sacrament of Holy Communion as these holy mysteries. Almighty Father, whose dear Son, on the night before he suffered, did institute the sacrament of his body and blood, mercifully grant that we may thankfully receive the same in remembrance of him who in these holy mysteries giveth us a pledge of life eternal. The same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who now liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The epistle reading is 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 26, which includes the memorable instruction which forms the canon of the Mass known as the Pauline or Clementine Rite. On the same night in which he was betrayed, and so on, this do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. The illustration is another miniature illumination of Paul writing a letter, in this case to the Corinthians, from the previously cited Bible Historiale. The 1928 Book of Common Prayer provides two gospel readings for Monday Thursday. The first choice, the one most commonly used, is Luke 23, verses 1 to 49, an account of Good Friday, from the trial before Pilate through the centurion's reaction to Jesus' death upon the cross. The second choice, John 23, 1 to 15, John's unique account of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples on Monday Thursday evening, not long before his arrest, is favored in parishes which observe the traditional foot-washing ritual. Other AIC resources for Monday Thursday include a complete text for Holy Communion with foot-washing in the AIC bookstore publication Occasional Services for Anglican Worship. The service is based upon the 1549 Book of Common Prayer text of the Holy Communion Liturgy. There are three collects, the 1928 BCP Collect, the Scottish Collect, and the 1928 BCP Lenten Collect, an Old Testament reading from Exodus 12, 1-14, and in place of a regular psalm reading, a verse and response reading adapted from Psalm 116, verses 12 to 16. 
the complete text for the administration of foot washing is placed after the reading of the gospel lesson, which in the 1928 BCP text is John 13, 1 to 15. Occasional services for Anglican worship is available in both paperback and Kindle versions using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. Another Anglican tradition of Lent following the model of the Western Church is the ritual of the stripping of the altar, which is carried out at the end of the last service on Monday, Thursday. Crosses, including those on the altar, and processional crosses are draped, usually in black, but in some parishes in penitential purple. In larger churches, statues and shiny decorations are often covered. Traditionally, the sanctuary lights are extinguished and the people file out of the church in silence. A symbolic darkness is maintained until the first service on Easter morning, including any service on Good Friday. For Good Friday, the 1928 Book of Common Prayer provides three collects. The first was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gregorian Sacramentary. Almighty God, we beseech thee graciously to behold this thy family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was contented to be betrayed and given up into the hands of wicked men, and to suffer death upon the cross, who now liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost ever, one God, world without end. Amen. The illustration is a recent photograph of a Byzantine Orthodox apse mosaic of Christ crucified in a cave church near Goremi, Turkey, photographed by Georges Jansun Jojan, who released it into the public domain. The second collect, like the first, was adapted from the Gregorian sacramentary. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of the church is governed and sanctified. Receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before thee for all estates of men in thy holy church, that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may truly and godly serve thee through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The illustration is a 19th century stained glass window of Christ crucified at St. Gertrude's Church, Stockholm, Sweden. The third collect was written in the early 1550s by associates of Archbishop Cranmer based upon collects 7, 8, and 9 of the Roman Catholic Rite. The first half is a restatement of the collect for Ash Wednesday. The phrase, one flock and one shepherd, is from John 10, verse 16. O merciful God, who hast made all men, and hatest nothing that thou hast made, nor desirest the death of a sinner, but rather that he should be converted and live, have mercy upon all who know thee not as thou art revealed in the gospel of thy Son. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of thy word, and so fetch them home, blessed Lord, to thy fold that they may be made one flock under one shepherd, Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen.
The illustration is a 19th century stained glass window of Christ taken down from the cross at the Cathedral of St. John in Denbosch, Netherlands. The epistle reading for Good Friday is Hebrews 10, 1-25, an essay on the new covenant planted in the heart compared to the old covenant based on written law and sacrificial ritual. The gospel reading is John 19, 1-37, St. John's account of the crucifixion and death on the cross entering with a reference to two Old Testament prophecies. The illustration is Descent from the Cross, a 14th century Byzantine Orthodox icon at the Church of St. Marina Calapangiatus, Cyprus, near Nicosia. Recognizable figures are Joseph of Arimathea, Mary Magdalene, and the Blessed Virgin. In my former parish before my retirement, we never celebrated Holy Communion on Good Friday. Instead, with the help of a lay reader and occasionally guest clergy, I offered instead a three-hour service in the cross of Christ I glory from noon to just after 3 p.m. or ninth hour. The office is based on a series of prayers and scripture readings written for the first Good Friday after the end of World War II by the Bishop of Lexington, Kentucky. To that base, I added several prayers from the Eastern Church tradition of John Chrysostom. Following the introductory remarks is a series of readings, many homilies, and a verse and response based upon the seven words from the cross in the 1940 hymnal. Afterward, the church was darkened and the people were asked to depart in silence. The full text is available in the previously mentioned publication, Occasional Services for Anglican Worship. Often overlooked is the final service for Lent, which happens on Easter even, which marks the official end of the Lenten season. In modern times, except in large parishes, the Easter even service is rarely celebrated. The Collect for Easter even has been attributed both to the martyred Archbishop of Canterbury, William Laud, who was executed in 1645 A.D., and John Coson, Bishop of Durham in northern England. Grant, O Lord, that as we are baptized into the death of thy blessed Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, so by continual mortifying our corrupt affections we may be buried with him, and that through the grave and gate of death we may pass to our joyful resurrection for his merits, who died and was buried and rose again for us, the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is an oil on canvas of Archbishop Laud, painted around 1636 A.D. by an unknown artist in the style of Van Dyke from the National Portrait Gallery in London, England. The epistle reading is 1 Peter 3, 17-22, St. Peter's commentary reflecting the unwritten traditional understanding of the Gospels that was available before the Nicene Creed. In this respect, it is similar to St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, read on Palm Sunday. The illustration is a 6th century 
mosaic of St. Peter at the former Byzantine capital of Constantinople, now known as Istanbul, Turkey. The Gospel reading is Matthew 27, verse 57 to 66, an account of the burial of Jesus by Joseph of Arimathea, Mary Magdalene, and the Blessed Virgin. It is a continuation of St. Matthew's narrative from the Palm Sunday reading. The illustration is a detail from the Entombment of Christ, a late 19th century mosaic at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. Other AIC resources for subjects discussed in this episode and not previously mentioned are the podcast homilies for Fifth Sunday in Lent and Sixth Sunday in Lent, linked from the podcast homilies page, from the AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of, annotated and illustrated, with a volume each on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each richly illustrated with church art across the centuries from both the Western and Eastern church traditions. Finally, there's Father Ron's blog, a page on which I post news of current and planned projects, usually with an illustration. The blog is accessible using links at the top and bottom of the page or by using the direct URL address on the screen. I invite you to become a follower by clicking the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right-hand column. You'll be asked to enter your email address. Followers receive notice of each new posting from our site host, wordpress.com. Please be assured that we do not share email addresses with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for Episode 3, the final episode in the AIC seasonal video series, Lent, the Season of Penitence. I invite you to view or listen to episodes in other series on the seasons on the Anglican calendar from Advent through Trinity Tide, plus special videos for Advent, Christmas, and Good Friday. All these are linked from the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.